0: As all of this, you know, brain work, like hard brain work, is done, you can finally start coding, (laughs) (laughs) and that's the best part. That's what everyone coder likes to do because we actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we actually like to write code, but to think, you know, like to get there, you have to (laughs) do a lot of steps.
1: In this episode of the Fika Sessions, we meet gameplay programmer Natalia Belova to find out all we can about gameplay programming. Thank you. We have so much interesting stuff to talk about when it comes to gameplay programming. But before we go into that, you brought a wonderful fika.
0: Yes, it's a chocolate cake, as you can see. And it uh, yeah, should be very smooth and uh, very tasty because it has berries in it as well.
1: It looks so good. Yeah. And you can tell on video or podcast, but it smells so good.
0: Yeah. Amazing! <laughs> it smells a lot.
1: It's just chocolate in yes. the air here right now. Oh. but let's um, let's just get tortured by that a bit. Let's talk about gameplay programming yep. instead, because you work here at Massive Entertainment as a gameplay programmer. Yeah. So, on a kind of a general top level
0: mm-hmm.
1: description of what a gameplay programmer actually is.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as any programmer on any software development we do features that are connected to our software so game in this uh, case uh, gameplay programmer can do anything from it can do a movement for a character weapons um, yeah anything if uh, the team is uh, depending on the size of the team they can do uh, user interface or artificial intelligence as well but yeah everything that is connected to gameplay features in the game game programmer is should be able to do right yeah and then the bigger the team you get the more like you can go on the specific systems let's right. say. Mm-hmm.
1: now we're gonna talk a little bit about the difference between larger AAA teams and smaller teams later on yeah. but before that how did you end up at Massive Entertainment
0: well it was quite <laughs> unexpected to me to be honest because uh, well at some point I decided that okay I want to be in a AAA uh, industry because I wanted to be in the game industry for all my life. Right. But yeah, I, at some point I decided that, okay, it's time to move up. And then, yeah, I just applied. I saw an application for Ubisoft Studio in Sweden, and yeah, just applied, I finished the test tasks, uh, finished the interview, came here, and yeah. That's there we good. go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but before you came here, yep. uh, what did you do? Uh,
0: so before that I worked in a mobile game company in Russia and we did, uh, yeah, I was working on also on one project, uh, the City Builder, and that was for a few years. And before that, I worked for a company in UK uh, that was doing porting for AAA games as well, but right. for macOS. So I was a macOS developer. And before that, yeah, I was studying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what I want to go into as well. Your okay. education. Yeah, so, uh,
0: yeah, I started, uh, yeah, my higher education, my bachelor's diploma is from the university in Russia, in my hometown. I did, uh, uh, yeah, I did a course for uh, programming there, so I'm a programmer and engineer as my bachelor degree. And then I was like, okay, this is enough of programming, time to program games. And I found a course, uh, master's course uh, in UK, and that's where I went. It was an interesting course because it, uh, for a year, we developed three games, different sized games with right. different sized teams as well. So, yeah, it was super interesting.
1: But what drew, drew you to programming?
0: Uh, Well, as I said before, for all my life I knew that I wanted to be in games, but uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically, and it was very natural to me to go to programming, because at school I was very into math, so I liked solving problems, I was good at it, we had a wonderful teacher, and yeah, I was very like, it. um, I just enjoyed the process itself and getting the result. So from there it was obvious to go to programming, because uh, it's, a similar, yeah, it's a similar field and the, um, how you work uh, as a programmer, it's the same. You solve problems right. and yeah, find like, intricate solutions. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why.
1: I really like the description of programming, that, that solving problems. I've heard that from quite a few places. Like, yeah. Can you describe it a little more? What kind of problems a programmer would solve? Yeah. I mean that's a big subject, of course. <laughs> but
0: yes, yes, yes. I, I think it's a yeah, it's a good thing to talk about because uh, so for us and then if we are talking about game industry, uh, for us as designers come uh, come to us with wishes like right. okay we wish to do this thing. So and uh, and then a programmer has to come up and then he has to look at the what we have already. And he has to come up with an idea how we do it. So, like an example for this is uh, the designer comes to you and says that, okay, we have these soldier enemies and we have tigers and we want tigers to attack the soldier enemies. And then if a player releases an elephant from the cage, we want uh, him to attack all of them as well. And then the programmer is like, okay, but the only thing that we have is animals going from point A to point B. Right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> talk to each other so from there like yeah we start finding the solution okay how do we get to that place uh, while we are developing what kind of place we want to go to right Right. so yeah and it's uh, and the thing that you do all the time is finding the way to solve this problem so how do we actually implement it yeah how do we go from this like small functionality to this fast fun for the player functionality
1: I think certain players like I know that you was a game. <laughs> 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 um but um during school you said when you you studied and you did like smaller projects yeah. uh three games during a year. Yeah. What yeah. kind of what kind of games did you do at school?
0: Uh, so, well, in, the, how to say, in my bachelor's degree, since it was uh, only like programming focus, so mm-hmm. there was no games uh, in the curriculum, right? right? But I was trying to do every time for the projects, so they would give us a language that you have to make a software on. Mm-hmm. And all the time I was trying like as much as possible to do games with it, because right. that's what, okay, where I wanted to go. And then on my master's, That was the whole point. Uh, It was a masters that contained uh, three uh, types of people. So programmers, designers and business guys, and we all were combined into teams. So the first project was a game, um, a 2D platform, Uh, no, 2D um, Space Invaders clone. pixelated art style and yeah it was like with three people teams so for two weeks or something like that maybe for yeah I think for two weeks then the next project was teams around seven ten people Uh, it was 2d platformer for tablet and uh, yeah and that was for a few months as well and then the last project was for ps4 uh, like a third-person game, yeah, the realist, well, we wanted to go for realistic graphics first, but yeah, it was a bit <laughs> over, <laughs> over the top, uh, but yeah, and we all came to that one team, so we became like a huge team with everyone, and yeah, yeah, it was super fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's quite a step up in, com- uh, in complexity going yes, from, yeah, yeah I <laughs> guess in PC for the first one, and then ending up on a yep. console, which yeah. is not always the easiest yes, thing to yeah. develop for. But I'm really interested in the kind of the programming side of things. Like, mm-hmm. How do you approach programming in code? Maybe that's a bit of an abstract question, but it seems like every programmer has their own approach to it.
0: Yeah, I would say, well, for me, I would say the programming is like a pure form of art, yep. and that uh, we are an that are building our castles from a pure thought, <laughs> and we make it into existence. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, if you are thinking if you want to be become a programmer or not i think the the easiest way to tell is if you want if you like to solve puzzles or right. if you like to yeah solve uh, yeah problem mathematical problems or something like that so if you like things like that then programming would be very easy because it's a very logical thing that you do and once you understand the rules okay how everything works here then okay you can do anything practically with it
1: yeah that's, that's one thing I keep saying that I think every programmer I ever meet, and I'm sure this has popped up in, in the Fika sessions before, uh-huh. is that logic, mm. the programming logic, which I had a really hard time yeah. <laughs> understanding and getting into it, had have a really hard time getting into So that also an uh, approach that is really interesting
0: yeah i think it's a bit connected to how you learn it maybe because okay if you yeah again i had a math background but that didn't mean that i understood it right away because in school we also have had programming Mm -hmm. classes for pascal and Something was happening there, and I didn't understand what was going on, but something was working, I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. (laughs) But when I went to university, our teacher was very structural, like for the first language that I got, which was C++. That teacher was very structural, and she was very like, okay, this is what we do, that's the outcome that you get, and okay. And for me, from that point, I understood everything. I was like, okay, yeah, this is how it works. Okay, now I understand, now I can do anything, that's, yeah. And also it helped, uh, so as I said in Bachelors, I did a lot of projects on my own, because okay, I, I like games, that's why I will make my project as a game. Hmm. And through that, because games have a lot of things, like you have to have uh, sound, you have to have visual, uh, you have to have moving stuff on the screen, right? Uh, because of that, you also learn a lot of things. Okay, yep. how to work with the language as well. So, yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> um, but for... Uh Gameplay programmer, if you're gonna look at the the job a little bit mm-hmm. more, I could talk about this programming logic <laughs> stuff for a long time. <laughs> uh, but how would a typical day in the life of a gameplay programmer look? Mm-hmm.
0: So, it all depends, really, where you are in development, to be yeah. honest, because uh, we spend a lot of time in game dev, we spend a lot of time on communicating with people. Right. Because, the again, if you have a team of five people, then it's quite easy to communicate, and we all make in the same game. Yeah, yeah. that's great, but when you have, yeah, 100 people, 200 people, 200 people in five people. studios, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in different studios as well, like it's uh, it's an impossible task, right, and yeah. you have to communicate constantly, so that could be a part of your day, that okay, you sync up with different people, but if you talk about specifically programming here, then uh, first thing you need to get a task, so in order to get a task, you, designer has to do his job, that come up with a feature, right, right, and as soon as he comes up with the feature, then we sync up on, okay, is this a crazy feature? Or we can actually <laughs> do it? Or uh, should we, what do you want? Like, should we break it up into steps? Yeah. So you can do, so part of your day-to-day job is to design this feature that the designer also designed already. Right. But it's from a different perspective. Like, how do you come go from the system that you already have into what he wants, right? right. So you do you design that, And then as soon as you you do a research in the code, okay, which parts you can uh, connect to it, which parts are useful for you. And then uh, as all of this, you know, brain work, like hard brain work is done, you can finally start coding. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the best part. That's what everyone coder likes to do because we actually... Makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, we actually like to write code, but to think, you know, like to get there, you have to (laughs) do a lot of steps. But uh, once you write it, like it's the best. You yeah, you create classes, you create concepts in the codes that are interacting with each other, and you're like, yeah, it's amazing. So that's the best
1: part of your day. I I it, I just wish I had understood because it it sounds like magic.
0: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> very class. Uh, uh, I would say that yeah, uh, it's uh, how to say. It's very, uh, when people say that it's logical, right, that's what they mean, that we just create, since we are high-level programmers, we create, we work with concepts. Like, yep. we don't really work with, uh, like, I don't know, uh, bits or bytes, right? We work with concepts that, okay, if you, if in a game you see a character, a player, then this is the concept that we work with. Right. And we make, so we make this class, right, we make this object as a player and then we give him the uh, feature um, yeah, functions that, okay, walk or fight or do some, react on the uh, inputs, right? Right. So we work, practically we write what we want a game to do, but yeah, of course you have to like do it <laughs>
1: directly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, So what how would you define we talked a little bit about that in in the beginning when you talked about uh, movement and Mm -hmm. and combat etc, but how would you define a gameplay feature?
0: Mm. Uh, Yeah, as I said gameplay feature could be really anything in the game. So it's very interesting because in uh, How to say in the bigger games? There are so many features that you don't even you might not even register them but there is a person who spends time on it. So for example, in Indivision, there was a feature that was highly requested from people, right, to pet the, to pet the dog. But yeah, in order to pet the dog, this is a feature, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to do it, so this feature has a lot of people that are connected to it, that mm-hmm. will do their job in order for this feature to be done, right? right. So the, yeah, so I, uh, so, The person who makes uh, a 3D model was supposed to make a dog model, right? The AI uh, designer and programmer were supposed to make a behavior for the dog. The animator had to animate the dog and the player, right? Right. And then another gameplay programmer was supposed to connect that, okay, uh, a model of the player comes to the model of the dog and they interact, right? Right. Small feature, right? Just pet the dog. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, a, it's a huge amount of people. Uh, yeah, it's a huge amount of work and yeah. a lot of uh, people who are connected to it. Yeah. And that's with any feature. Like you see a small pop-up on the screen whenever, I don't know, an interesting thing, I don't know, maybe you come next to something that you can collect and you see a pop-up. This is a feature, right? Yeah. Somebody wrote it down, somebody designed it, and then a few... People, you know, from UI and three D and and programming, of course, they made it happen. Yeah. So feature practically anything in a game, you could call it a gameplay feature.
1: So how how does that interaction with other teams look? I mean, we, we talked about mm-hmm. the designers. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we might go a little bit deeper into that. But mm-hmm. with other teams like this, you you different like animation, uh, AI. Yeah. How did all of, and, and you of course? Mm-hmm. How does this all work together? Yeah, We're talking about communication too.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So th- that yeah plays into that. So we have to make these ways of communicating right. So before, like, okay, you make a world, right? So you make a you make an idea for the room, right? Yeah. That you want to make. So the first idea is a concept. Art- concept artist has to make it, right? Then the then the three D uh, then the level designer has to come up with an idea, okay, where all the things are, how player will interact, okay, we put the uh, collectibles here, blah, 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 then the next uh, layer, right? So what I'm saying here, uh, the, the art layer, right? So everything has to be look pretty and connected to the, what the concept artist made, right? Yeah. So we have to come up with these pipelines through the different uh, disciplines in order for us to do our job. And uh, the, how to say, you know, the ideal scenario is that everyone, nobody is sitting without a job and everyone are doing something, but yeah. everyone are connected as well for the previous uh, task force, right? And they are, and yeah, the, the ideal thing is to make pipelines in a way that they all like work seamlessly together. And yeah, for us uh, programmers, we have, um, it's a little bit easier for us because we never wait uh, we can wait for some things, for example, for features, right? Like, yes, we would like to wait for a designer to make it, but we don't have to wait for him for everything. Right. For example, if you want to make a feature that is called a save game, right? In order to make a save game, yes, you need to know about the game itself, right? And how it will play out. But there, there is also a part of uh, technical part, that you need to do, regardless of what kind of game it is, and right. regardless of okay what will how we will show it to the player right like which uh, which buttons he will press, something like that, so we have this uh, we have these two things that we have to go through, so we do features, and we also do like technical parts that are just supporting for those features
1: right so how does it work with the because you talked about that earlier, like designer comes with. An idea and a wish. (laughs) How does that interaction between gameplay programming and the designers
0: work? Uh, Yeah. So usually, yeah, it's very simple. So designers, they have um, their own direction, right, that they are going for, and they come up with an idea of a feature first. I guess, yeah, first it's an idea that okay, we want to make this for our game, and we think it will be fun. So when they come to uh, with this to us, we need to evaluate. Okay, first of all. well yeah of course we would like to cut out everything that is super crazy right like (laughs) that we want to finish this game right (laughs) uh, but it's also we need to make like as a programmers you have to be um, a voice of reason okay what we actually can do but at the same time they need to convince us that this this is the feature that really will make this game fun and yes, for for programmer, it could be hard to evaluate. Like, okay, how fun is this? Because for us, we more evaluate, okay, how crazy to do it and how right. long it will take to do it. So that's like negotiation starts there. So we can suggest, yeah, because we also want designers, even though they come up with these features, they might not be sure and they might not know how it exactly will play out because right. we... With games, it's always we need to make prototypes in order to understand that, okay, yes, this works, this doesn't and only at the prototype stage You can understand, yep. right? So you have to do it somehow, right? And for programmers, okay You can do a prototype uh, Version of what a designer wants, but for us The uh, prototype version is very like fast cheap uh, We don't think how it will work in 10 years. We just okay. We do it now to deliver this you know to see. Okay, would it work at yeah. all in general, right? Would this idea work? And uh, but so we do it, and then uh, design. Yeah, and then we see we can either progress right with it or we can. Okay, no, we can discard it.
1: Right. What what tools do you use in the really sitting down to the practical mm-hmm. side of things? Which tools do you work in? Uh,
0: so. Here and in most places. So, if you work with C and your project is in C, then you would use uh, Visual Studio for the code side. And uh, depending on, yeah, if you for the, um, oh, how's it called? Uh, the, we would use Perforce for um, setting up the files directories, so to, to share between each other, right? right. Uh, and we use uh, Jira to uh, to distribute the tasks. Yep. So this is more like a forum management tool for the management. And yeah, instead of Perforce, it could be Git or Git. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of uh, Jira, it could be Handsoft. So there are a few tools. Trello is for free right now. Yep. So yeah, there are a few tools that are that could be for free and that could be used in uh, bigger uh, studios that right. you could pay for and that are more secure maybe. Yeah, and of course we need to have uh, something to chat with each other. So yeah. yeah, for us we use Teams right now, and for some companies it could be uh, this could be Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it could be yeah, yeah, something else like it, some chat uh, yeah. tool. Yeah.
1: So this this is going to be a bit of a weird question, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the thing is that when we prepare the show, we sometimes ask like, what do you think is important? What do you want? important steps in your job that's important Mm -hmm. to get other so one thing we got and I'm gonna read this from uh, Philip our producer is sitting there Uh, network synchronization and multi-threading
0: yeah yeah. I
1: don't know what that means (laughs) but why is that important to your job can you explain what that that is
0: yes so that came uh, as a question from people who just came to our job, so that is connected to the um, how big the project is and what kind of project it is. So, right. um, since uh, Massive, you probably all seen Massive games, <laughs> uh, so we have a server client application, right, this game, like Division 2, right, Division 1, they all server client, appli- client applications. So in order to work here, you, as a starting up programmer, you really need to know, uh, even the basic idea of how uh multithreading works in the code so what it means is that uh, in a regular uh, application in a regular game right when you write it as a as a logical person you write okay i want to load the level i want to load this i want to this 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 and this is a, you know it's a list of tasks that goes from top to bottom. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and we update all of the objects right away, right? Update first object, third, fourth, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so multi-threading is needed for tasks that could be uh, done simultaneously, right? So we don't have to update each object under after another because these objects are not connected to each other. We can right. update them right away. So as a, as a newbie, right, who is coming to the programming in a bigger studio, you need to know uh, what it is and how it works and why it happens, right? Like, you don't need to be very good at it, but you need to know about the concept and how it works. So that's uh, multi-threading. And yeah, so you need to synchronize your code in order to, you know, do it. And for the... um, Yeah, and also if you work on a client server application, then you need to know how this communication works right. so because some people they come uh yeah they they have a an idea that okay i'm going to be a gameplay programmer i don't need to know all of these things that we have network programmers for it, right? But uh, Surprise. In, re- <laughs> in reality, just because our engine is so good, then we can do, yeah, gameplay. <laughs> we can do gameplay on both. Uh, when you are a gameplay programmer here, you need to know both a client side, a server side, and their communication as well. So how yeah. exactly it works. For me, it wasn't such a like um, such a foreign concept. When I came here, it was very, I guess, naturally for me because my previous uh, project, it was also client-server application, but we had a server programmer for right. it. But you still, when you do a gameplay on a client, you still need to think, okay, how this communication goes, right? right? And obviously, I didn't come to AAA right away. I came for a smaller project, and that was easier for me, like, to get into it. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a really good practical tip mm-hmm. if you want to get mm-hmm. into the industry.
0: Yeah, just like some concepts. It's, it, it's really interesting because we have some systemic knowledge that we have in the industry as programmers, right? Like, okay, we have event system or something like, or, you know, system how to do behaviors for agents. But it's not like you have to read it from some, I don't know, you have to watch conference uh, videos or something like that, or read. He books that are I don't know 600 pages long <laughs> so, Yeah,
1: yeah that, that's actually the next question is mm. kind of the practical tips. So if I'm sitting at home watching mm-hmm. this I'm a student or I'm actually a, already a programmer mm-hmm. uh, Or just interested in the field. Do you have any practical tips for?
0: for uh, me? Yeah, so I guess if you never coded, it it depends like if you right now I would say the bar of going into the industry, it's getting lower and lower because we have Unity and Unreal who are very pushing for everyone to get in right, right. to the industry, and it's also interesting that because both of them, Unity and Unreal, they have their own uh, se- uh, series of videos that are tutorials for the games to make in these engines. So not only you have uh, uh, people on YouTube, right? That will help you out with specific features, right? But these engines themselves on their websites, they also have uh, videos how to use their engines. And uh, again, if you don't know how to program, both I think maybe you need, I, I think both engines are very, you know, like um, welcoming for people. Like if you, even if you don't know how to code exactly, you can still do something like yeah. a prototype right yeah. for yourself like yeah, you I'm, have an idea
1: i made a ball roll down a ramp into lava yeah
0: see? <laughs> it was super fun right did it explode at the end
1: no i did not get that far see? that's part it's part of the tutorial <laughs> thing yeah. they do that's a, that's a kind of the final project
0: oh look it's rolling Yeah, Yay.
1: no programming needed sorry yeah. go on
0: yeah yeah right that, that's the thing because right now the this exactly like this group of people right they want uh, to lower bar bar done very like low so everyone could get in and yeah as a person and if you know programming then it's even easier for you because with these tools you can make something more complex right than the ball rolling down you can make the ball should dance around (laughs) depending on how you move yours i'll
1: (laughs) never get that far
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's so. That's how it is. You just go online and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> entertain So
1: Unity and Unreal, just get started. Open the editors.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only open as I said, like on both of, our, of their websites, they have their own tutorials. Yeah, and on, on YouTube there are plenty of tutorials, as, exactly for these engines as well. So yeah. yeah, there are there are more simpler engines, and maybe yeah, you can search for it because there is. Uh, there is a Kakos 2D. So there are some 2D engines, right? Because Unity and Unreal, they're 3D uh, engines mostly. Yeah, but the more, how to say, the reason I'm saying Unity and Unreal is because they're so popular that you will always have videos on it or tutorials yeah. or something like that. So yeah, I would recommend that to, yeah. to start with it or to get into it, to see actually how, if you like it or not. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. hmm is it time?
1: I, I think so. <laughs> it's overwhelming. Okay. Let's, let's have some fika. Thank you very much for coming. It's been awesome. We learned so much. <laughs> yeah, thank about you, Martin. about it. how things works. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's have... Let's have... It. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Woo-hoo. God, this looks so good. I'm sorry for the people listening to this on the Fine, podcast the that you can't see them. Go to YouTube and just <laughs> look and just and at just this. Look. <laughs> look at this. But get
0: a cake first. Don't, go, don't watch it without the cake.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: oh. afraid Perfection.
1: This was so effing good. <laughs> yes, That's
0: good funny. choice, good choice, right? Very,
1: very, very good choice. So, <laughs> thank you very much again, yep. Natalia. Yep. It's been awesome. Thank let's, you very much. Let's inviting. finish the cake. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining our Fika today. We put a bunch of useful links in the description, so make sure to check those out if you want to learn more. Also, remember to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff you do on the internet. Until next time, take care.